the sports card market and particularly the baseball card market is booming and has been booming like never before since the pandemic. And we're going to talk about that today with our special guest, Tyler Holtzhammer. Welcome to the Jersey Baseball Show. Tyler is uh, Director of Operations for Sports Card Investor and uh, the perfect guy for the role. Tyler is a, uh, a Ewing guy. He's from Mercer County. He had the unfortunate uh, uh, having to, to play for me uh, in, in the past, but seemed to have come out of that pretty well. And Tyler, welcome to the show. And, and how's uh, you're down in Atlanta now, right? Yes, thanks for having me on, Olshan. Hey, you were one of my one of my favorite coaches, and and uh, one I will always remember from my playing days. So uh, be kinder to yourself. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so tell us, you know what what you're doing now. Um, we'll talk, kind of give us an overview of the sports card market and really the baseball card market and how things have changed from you know if I was kind of Generation X uh, investor and in the in, or not investor but collector in the uh, in the 80s and 90s, you know, where we're at now and how things have changed and what it is that you're doing, um, you know, to in this in this booming market. Yeah, so essentially what we do at Sports Card Vester is, you know, one side of it is producing content, um, whether it be hobby related news or just talking about cards or the market in general. Um, and another aspect of it is called Market Movers, um, which is essentially a tool that helps you uh, you know, uh, track your cards that you have to see how much they're going for. Um, and also do things like track sales volume and look at, at charts of how the sales of the cards have been doing for over a year plus. Um, but outside of what we're doing at Sports Card Investor, uh, the baseball market and the sports card market is really, has really taken off since the pandemic. Um, and, 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 you know, is really looked at as more of a, an investment uh, nowadays and almost looked at as, um, you know, player analysis, what guys are going to be the next great players, um, you know, what young prospects are going to are going to finally get that call up and, and succeed at a high level, you know. Um, so in that sense, the market, um, you know, has really exploded, not from just uh, guys that are playing now, but also, like you said, those players from the 80s and the 90s, those Ken Griffey Jr. rookies, you know, that were sitting around in people's attics and basements during the pandemic that people were pulling out. So, um, you know, just the fact of the, 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 the pandemic and people being inside, I think, really started to uh, connect them back into the hobby, which then helped people start to understand that it's a lot different now. And there's much more of an investor mentality and much more of a market that you can follow and study. And so you're, you're really talking about what was a hobby for me when I was a kid, you know, how many sets we could complete and, you know, just collect and this is mine and I can do whatever I want with them at home. And now it, it almost seems like uh, uh, the stock market in a way where, you know, these are, this is just sort of the kind of a stock market for sports fans, you know, that, that don't want to sit on, you know, Yahoo Finance and, and, and look up whatever, but, but, but this is kind of, you know, our stock market. Yes, that's exactly correct. Um, you know, somebody who comes from, uh, you know, I'm a second generation collector. So my dad introduced a lot of this stuff to me younger, when I, at a younger age. So it was always something I knew that had longevity. And, you know, for somebody who never really puts their money in stocks, they don't know much about it. You know, this is something that I've always done and, and I've been successful at. And um, I think now it's getting to the point where at a mainstream level, people are understanding, wow, if I really think this guy's going to be a good player, 
I could put my money where my mouth is outside of making some sort of wager where I, I'm not actually buying something, you know? So um, in that sense, it's definitely much more of, it's definitely much more of a tougher market per se and not necessarily as much of a kid's hobby as it used to be um, with how much money's being thrown around and now, you know, grading and authenticating is in the mix. Um, so it's, it's really interesting. I mean, some examples I can give you of like market change Shohei Otani was a guy who really exploded this season, who's had some chatter since he came into the league in 2018. But I know individuals that were buying his card last October for $50. Um, and by, I would say, uh, right around the All-Star break during the Home Run Derby, that same card was up to $2,000. So I usually have to tell people, stick with what you know. And if you know players, and at least you know when players are going to necessarily pop or maybe knowing when it's time to sell and that maybe this guy isn't what he turned out to be, then, you know, this is something that you can get into. Like I said, it's similar to sports gambling, but the difference is you're actually buying something tangible and, you know, you can still get out of it potentially if it's something that's not working out compared to a bet where you're just hoping there's a result. And if it's not the case, then you'll lose your money. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a fascinating market. Um, I guess, the the biggest area it seems uh, growth wide is you know kind of emerging talents right like um andre dawson for example who has some special interest to you and we can get into that later and and tell your story but you know i, I remember his rookie card 78 i think it was 78 77 or 78 i think it's 78 but you know we had to wait till you know, he came up to the expos he played he was in and and tops you know, would run their rookie sets at the end of the year. Um, and there was some value in that. Now you're telling me that, you know, a guy who finally makes it to the majors, that's probably four or five years past what his rookie card is these days. And, you know, how has that changed things as far as, you know, cards coming out for guys that are, are just drafted in the minors, things like that. It just kind of adds like a whole level of speculation to it. Totally. You know, um, when Bowman started coming out with these sets, Bowman and Bowman Chrome for a lot of these uh, newly signed prospects that are international guys, you know, draft guys. It essentially started a whole nother market for baseball cards for guys who are just getting started, you know, um, and with that causes a lot of speculation and a lot of hype. Um, one example would be last year in Bowman uh, was Jason Dominguez's first card, who I believe is one of the top prospects for the Yankees. So people have been spending hundreds and thousands of dollars buying his cards right now. Um, I couldn't tell you what his batting average was and wherever he's playing right now. But, you know, there are people that, that, that are studying each of these minor league games and studying these players' trajectories as they're coming through. And it's definitely something that, uh, you know, older generation collectors, it's, hard, it's really hard to understand. Um, because they, you know, they don't want that rookie card until, until maybe the guy makes an all-star team or maybe right. until the guy, you know, wins, wins a world series or, or, you know, he's a fan favorite. So this aspect of it really, really changes things. Um, this past Bowman this year, Austin Martin, who was drafted, um, I believe he went to Vanderbilt, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's a guy who a lot of collectors, he got drafted by the Blue Jays. They've been putting in hundreds and thousands of dollars collecting his cards. Um, to give you a better example of somebody who just got to the major leagues, Wander Franco, um, in 2019, 
his first Bowman first card came out. Some of the autographs in that set of his go for two to three thousand um, dollars. Some of the rookies go for two to three hundred bucks. Um, I know he's had a good start to his uh, to his MLB career, but some would argue he hasn't even played a full season yet. You know, uh, it's kind of crazy to hear that uh, somebody's going to be spending that much money just based on speculation or what scouts are saying. You know, um, and. And that's where one thing I think is interesting, and I, and I, to be honest with you, what I'd like to tell collect collectors is, it's it's a perfect it's a perfect route to go if you are a scout or you are somebody who plays who has played the game at a college level and knows the guys that are coming up. Now I understand some of those guys might not have to be the top prospects, but you'll be surprised to see what guys that aren't really heavily touted prospects end up getting chances to play and succeed. I mean, Luke Voigt was a guy who was sort of buried in the Cardinals prospect list who I was collecting. And now he's doing great with the Yankees. So there's also those sorts of scenarios too. But there's just such a large, wide range net when it comes to collecting. Because some people your age might look at that and go, no thanks, I'll get the Griffey Jr. rookie card in yeah. a PSA 10. I'll get the Bob Gibson rookie card. I'll just get the guys that I know are going to have, you know, are, are going to always be remembered in the game. So uh, the combination of technology and the investing mindset, treating these like alternative assets ha has totally changed the game. And in some cases inflated certain people's prices before you can even see really what they have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just an example of, you know, Gavin Lux has been a guy who people have been buying for a few years now and, you know, it's not that he's been playing bad. It's not that he's been playing, you know, horrible, but there's going to be a scenario where somebody's going to be holding the bag with, you know, with, with this particular player's cards and they're going to have to know is it, it's time to sell. Cause clearly he, he didn't pan out. So, you know, with that, it almost is like you are, you are a scout, you know, and you can be your own scout. And if you think a guy is going to be that good, you can put your money where your mouth is. Is, is that what makes it fun for, for you? You know, uh, a, a good ball player when you were younger, certainly a student of the game, um, you know, really enjoyed, you know, obviously not just playing and complete competing, but loved baseball on top of it. Is, does that part of the appeal to, to you in, in, as far as, you know, who I'm, who you're going to tout, who you're going to, who you think has the chance to, to be successful or you kind of get to use that, that knowledge that you've acquired? Um, I do in certain instances. Um, I've also learned over time, sometimes you can get that similar fix doing fantasy sports and things like that. If you believe in particular players, because um, especially when you get in the Bowman talk, like you said, it takes three, four five years sometimes yeah. where you have to just you really have to be patient, especially if, you're, if you go that Bowman route. You know, guy could get traded. He gets to a new organization because they want to go and get somebody so they can mm -hmm. try to compete this year. So so many things can happen. But it's definitely something that's fun for me and that I've been successful at. And one reason why I like using market movers is because it helps you study to know which players are maybe undervalued and which players are overvalued. So, you know, like right now, obviously, Fernando Tatis Jr. is one of the best players, but everybody knows it at this point. So some people would right. argue that his cards are overvalued and they're inflated when, you know, 
Vladimir Guerrero Jr. just came onto the scene. He, he hasn't been doing it as long yet as Fernando Tatis Jr. has, but some people might look at the price of his cards and go, wow, his are, you know, going for twice as less as Fernando Tatis Jr. cards. I mean, let me go and get, I'll go, I'll go pick up Vlad. I mean, yeah. if Shohei Otani's and doing what he's doing, Vlad's winning the MVP. Um, if you look at Tatis, he obviously had a great year, but uh, in my personal opinion, I can't give somebody the MVP who was uh, top five in errors made in the league. Um, so, like, those are just certain scenarios where you can also then look at the market to see what's the market telling me. You know, is the market telling me that there's some value elsewhere? Is there value in Rafael Devers right now? Probably, but he's just not as maybe as sexy of a player or as 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 a, a face of the league as Fernando Tatis Jr. or or Vlad. But it's definitely something that I enjoy, especially in baseball. I mean, because once you get into the other sports, uh, I've heard some really bad, some real nightmare stories with football investing. And because you, you start to get into injuries and things of that nature. And it, it can really, uh, you know, hurt people's pockets. I've, I've heard some nightmare stories about Jared Stidham inve- investors uh, when Tom Brady was shipped out, um, you know, and even guys who were putting a lot of money into Drew Locke who is backing up for Teddy Bridgewater right now, you know? So not that those guys might not pan out, but, you know, there's just certain situations where it's different compared to baseball where, you know, uh, you might have an Acuna injury, which was a bit freakish, but most investors are going to be like, you know what? I I think he's going to be okay next year. You know, he's going to have a full year to get it together. It was an awkward injury, not really a baseball type of injury, but, He's so young. He was leading multiple offensive statistical categories when he got hurt. So if I'm an, if I'm an Acuna investor, I might even look to buy during that dip. No, having right. that sort of mentality of knowing he's going to be around for three, four, five, six years. Right. You know, it could be the best time to buy. Right. When he's out of the public, uh, you know, focus for a little bit. Exactly. And, the last and that, good time to buy, really, right? Because he comes back and he dominates for the next 10 years. This was your last chance. Exactly. And a lot of the game that some of these baseball card investors are playing is, is the attention span game, you know? <laughs> and that's essentially what it is. How long yeah. is somebody's, you know? And that's where, when Otani's peak card price was, when would you guess? During the home run derby. Because mm-hmm. that's when it was like, it's Otani mania at this yeah. point, you know, and it's come down since he's still been playing very, very, very well. But, but in the, terms the of, ju- and that, exactly, his season's no longer playing, you know, like they're not making the postseason. He's been playing well, but that was essentially the peak, you know. So some of it, too, is, is knowing when to hold them and when to fold them, per se. Some people might have been OK with selling Otani now. There's others that are like, if he can do this for a year or two straight, and then he does, and he doesn't want to stay in LA. I mean, this could like imagine him playing in New York and putting up these numbers. His cards could be, you know, his legacy could be intact per se. Forever, you know. Sure. Yeah. So that's um for for it's definitely funner for for players that are currently playing or for prospects. Even for prospects, as a Cardinal fan, I'm, I'm picking up guys like Jordan Walker, who was a former first-round pick, he's a third baseman, picking up guys like Nolan Gorman, you know, and keeping an eye on their statistics and what they're doing. So there definitely is a funness to it with having to wait, you know, have that patience. But that's definitely more speculative investing. 
if you know, or collecting per se. If you want to actually invest, that's where I will tell you, Olsh, go get that 40, 1948 Leaf Jackie Robinson rookie. Go get that 52 tops Jackie Robinson. There is a Jackie Robinson day every single year in Major League Baseball. They have everybody wearing number 42. His legacy is always going to be around. And if people don't remember, well, he won a World Series. He was a, he was a rookie of the year. He was an MVP. So he was also able to play the game as well. And let's not forget the, you know, the stealing at home. So that's just a, a scenario where it's not nearly as fun, but you know that you're making a very low-risk investment yeah. because – People, people buy conservative stocks too. You know, they, they, there's something about that, you know? Um, exactly. There's no difference. So, so I guess before we get into a, a little bit of the, the behind the scenes stuff, just, I guess, give us, throw us uh, one or two, you know, speculative players right now that you're high on as far as investing, you know, money towards their cards and, and maybe um, one or two, um you're pretty confident in their value that might, you know, not the, the star star players that everybody's going to know, but, but, you know, one or two kind of beneath that, that a little bit. Well, I guess I would say one player that I, I was looking at going into this postseason that's a little bit more speculative um, was a guy named Logan Webb um, for the, for the San Francisco giants. Uh, he went 10 and three this year at right around a two or three ERA. Um, an example would be over the course of this season, uh, you could find some of his rookies or his rookie autographs going for like, you know, five, ten dollars. And now they're getting up to, you know, 50 or 60 dollars as his seasons progressed, knowing that the Giants are at least guaranteed, you know, they're not going to be in this, you know, one game. They're not in the one game playoff as a guy who could potentially do well, um, you know, so if he does well, you might see a knee jerk reaction to the market. Um, based on his postseason play. A prime example of this last season in the postseason would be Randy Rosarena. He was a mm -hmm. guy who was not looked at very much. Me being a Cardinal fan and knowing that the Cardinals traded him for a bag of chips and a washing machine, I knew the guy was talented, but uh, this guy was looking like Babe Ruth at the plate last postseason, mm -hmm. and the market absolutely exploded because of it. Um, right. But get back, getting back to... Uh, to some of the speculative plays. Uh, he's definitely one guy I'm looking at, Logan Webb. Um, sticking with the pitchers, this is more of a, of a lower risk, uh, but something where I would probably, it's okay to put his cards away for a while. Uh, Max Scherzer, um, he's uh, been continuing to do it at, at an extremely high level. I think he just uh, eclipsed 3,000 Ks, um, if I'm not mistaken. This guy is going to be a Hall of Famer. He's already has a World Series under his belt. He already has a Cy Young, um, and he's on one of the most loaded teams this year and moving forward. So in a terms of short-term and long-term value, I think he, he is a good buy. Um, so those are two people I, I would say right now. Um, you know, some of it is tough, too. You know, there's some Cardinals I'm looking at, but if, if they don't get out of, out of the wild card game, then, then those cards are going to drop. Tyler O'Neill's had an incredible season and has come out of nowhere, essentially. Um, you know, he's been a guy that's been been looked at in St. Louis, but has had some injury issues, hasn't been able to stay healthy. Um, but he's a guy I've been looking at as well. He just won uh, Player of the Month, I believe, for the NL 
So if he can put it together in the postseason, that's another guy that I would look at. But, um, you know, to your point, you know, there's a lot of guys that are getting Fernando Tatis and Vlad Guerrero Jr. Luis Robert is another guy that's very popular. Those cards are very good. And, um, you know, but but they're a bit inflated just based on a lot of the hype around them, a lot of the media attention that comes around them. But those are some of the guys that I would pick just off the top of my head. Excellent. Sports card investors, uh, sports card investor, I'm sorry. Um, social media has been a huge thing for, for your company since takeoff less than two years ago. Right now, over 100,000 um, YouTube subscribers and over 50,000 on the Instagram. Right. So how is that always in your head content you're going to be producing for those sites? And how do you hit such a what you know you got a hundred thousand of anything and especially in an industry like this you've got a hundred thousand different you know complete it's not like uh everybody's coming in with the same mindset so how do you go about thinking of what to uh where to go with with your content for for such a crazy wide diverse um audience yeah, so one thing we like to do each week um, is we like to highlight some of the top five trending cards per se, mm-hmm. and we're able to get that data from market movers. So that's that's the easy thing. So we're able to integrate some of our technology into our content. So each week we'll be able to essentially show which players are trending based off of their player performances. Um, so that's that's one big thing that, that we've done that's been very, very successful since the start. Um, some other things we've done is like, you know, uh, is, is box breaks, but we also like to do hobby industry related news. Uh, mm-hmm. Some big news recently was Fanatics just uh, bought the, the player and the, and the league rights for a lot of the big leagues, including MLB, NFL, and NBA. So a company like Topps that's been around forever in the baseball card industry, it looks like they are no longer going to be creating that. That remains to be seen. But that's just an example of, of, of some of the content that we would bring that's more hobby related, um, that not, that's not necessarily uh, a market related. Uh, but we also like to do some player analysis as well or, you know, highlighting particular players, rookie cards. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's uh, that's some of the content that we like to do. And also we like to do some vlogs while we're uh, while we're at trade shows and things like sure. that. We, we attended the National this year, which is the National Sports Card Convention. It's um, it's us, it's us car collectors, Comic Con per se, our Super Bowl. So, um, you know, we got a lot of good content there, yeah, exactly. and uh, yeah, and saw a lot of people. So that's essentially how we were able to really uh take off. You know, is highlighting a lot of these uh, cards that were going up in value, showing the gains, um, as well as giving tips like how to sell on eBay, uh, how to package a card, how to you know how to make sure, you know, uh, you're getting insurance and things like that. Um, you know, so we also are, are doing those sorts of things to help out new collectors as well, who might be, you know, interested in sports or, or know a lot about sports, but just don't really know where to start. Um, because you can make a lot of money in this, you know, and I have tons of friends that, that don't necessarily dabble into it, but they have the sports savvy to be able to, to figure it out pretty easily. Sure. Now, market movers, how could I, where do I get that? How do I find that? Tell me what to, that's a, we're talking the app, right? 
Yeah. So, well, the Sports Card Investor app, that's free. Okay. And that's, that's essentially, um, you know, some, where we pull some of the data, where we pull the data for our top trending cards usually. Um, but that's free and you can download that if you're just looking to see, you know, what baseball cards are currently trending right now, you know, based on whether it's player performance or, or whatever the case may be. Um, but for, um, for market movers, essentially, if you go to sportscardinvestor.com, there should be on, on our uh, top banner there a market movers section, or you should be able to go to marketmovers.com where we have our own website where you can, um, where you can sign up. Okay. All right. So then you're going to the website to get that information. That's great. Um, this is, uh, I guess you could say that, that you've since, since birth been kind of without knowing it been kind of gradually moving towards the, uh, the sports memorabilia, the sports card market. Um, explain or talk, tell our, our viewers here, you know, your, your father, Sam, you know what he, he he obviously introduced you to all this. He's got a fantastic collection of things himself. Um, but this has always been something that's been of interest to you, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, my dad was a big big memorabilia collector. Not as much of a card collector, but right. to me, it, it's all the same world, and that's where I was able to get introduced. So you know, my dad, uh, you know, rented a shop at a local flea market where I'd spend time as a kid, seeing him kind of wheel and deal and things like that. Um, while also me kind of going in and, and digging through cards and, and things of that nature. So, you know, like you said, I really have to thank him for, I guess, unintentionally sort of, you know, training right. me uh, for, for this role. Um, but, uh, you know, he, he was somebody that never was into cards because, uh, you know, at that time there wasn't authentication and things like that. And there was a lot of fakes going around and mm -hmm. things of that nature. But I always, uh, I always knew that there was a bit of a stock market uh, with the cards compared to some of the memorabilia and things like that. Uh, because at the end of the day, there are only a certain amount of these printed compared to certain memorabilia things or something that's autographed where uh, the player could just sit there and sign till he's blue in the face, you know? Um, and that's where a lot of the, uh, the values come in with this stuff is scarcity. So, yeah, but, sure. but, you know, just over time, going to a lot of trade shows with my dad, seeing him wheel and deal, seeing the atmosphere, um, you know, it, it made me understand that, you know, there, there is something here, but like, how can we get this into the mainstream? How can people understand that you can, like you, like you were just saying, you can go on your Robinhood app. What, like, you know, that was what I would say to myself. Why can't, why can't people go into an app like they can with Robinhood and buy, or why isn't it at least perceived that way? Um, right. it and over time thing? and, yeah, it, exactly. It essentially is. Um, and, you know, so I, I can't be more thankful for him to at least show me this world and even just showing me, you know, this is Hank Aaron's 57 tops and things like that. Just the inherited knowledge that I've received over time has made things uh, really, really enjoyable in certain senses and been easy to kind of to, to, to get along. So, you know, um, Believe me, it's something that I wake up every morning and I'm truly blessed that I'm able to go into work and, and to talk about sports cards. Um, you know, I always knew I wanted to do something in sports and specifically baseball. I didn't think that it would be this, but, um, 
you know, to answer your question, uh, you know, everything I do sports wise now is now looked at based on a market and how, when's a good time to buy? When's a good time to sell? Oh, let me go look up this guy's rookie card. Okay. Who's Yerman Mercedes white socks. Okay. Let me look up his cards. Okay. He just got sent down. Wow. This guy's had a really crazy year, you know, and things like that. Um, so all thanks to Sam. Uh, but you know, I know he's also helped you out from uh, some of the conversations that we've had with maybe some of your card collecting endeavors. Absolutely. And, uh, and your godfather, um, not, not many people have a, a major leaguer, let alone a hall of famer. Um, tell us about your uh, relationship with Andre Dawson and, and what's the, what are the value, you know, hall of famer, what's the value of, uh, his rookie card? Yeah. So, uh, you know, my, uh, my dad's best friend, uh, played with Andre, uh, when they were on the Expos. Uh, so my dad essentially built his relationship with Andre through that. Um, you know, me and my brother were born and then, you know, basically asked if he could be, you know, godfather and he was more than happy to, to accept. So at the time I obviously had no idea what was going on, <laughs> but, um, you know, he has been a, a mentor and is somebody who's always been there to answer the phone or answer a text uh, whenever I need and has been uh, specifically instrumental in helping me while I've started here at Sports Card Investor and uh, has helped contribute in certain ways. Uh, we did a, a virtual sort of show uh, last mm -hmm. December that he came on and talked a little bit about his collecting because he also likes to collect as well memorabilia and also sports cards. Um, I do want him to try to buy his own rookie card in a PSA 10, but I don't think he wants to spend three to $5,000 for it. So um, I'm hoping one day that I can, I can buy it myself, but uh, you know, that's, that's right around where you can find uh, there's not very many of them in, in, a, in a pristine condition. So when you say PSA 10, you're talking about gem mint perfect, right? I mean, that's yeah. Which was even harder back then, as you can imagine, because there wasn't, you know, a lot of some of these were hand cut. It just mm -hmm. wasn't a lot of quality control, um, you know, with that stuff. So, right. but, you know, he's been, um, you know, he's been somebody that's, that's been near and dear to me. I don't know if I'd be in, in this position today uh, without him. And the fact that he is a collector just makes it that much more intriguing because then, yeah. uh, you know, we can buy, me and my dad can buy cards for him. He can send us questions if he has things like yeah. that. His, his son was even asking me questions about certain Otani rookie cards over the course of this year. So um, it, it's really fascinating uh, from that player's perspective. Also, when you look at, Andre has to sign cards. Tops sends him cards that he has to sign that people can pull out of packs themselves. So just sort of seeing the other side of it, um, mm -hmm. you know, as in, wow, you have to get these cards and you have to get them signed. He always complains he doesn't like the gold ink because uh, it smears because uh, sometimes some of the cards for how the variations are, they want them to sign them in gold uh, just okay. to differentiate them from other cards. But that's also another example where I you won't really get that sort of information from anybody else um, right. on how sort of that process works or him knowing that he's included in certain things because, you know, he's a Hall of Fame member now. So he's automatically included in certain things because he's a part of that, you know, prestigious club. So, um, you know, it, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's been a blessing and I'm hoping to have him on for some content soon for Sports Card Investor again. Sure. Yeah. No, not too many people have direct link to Hall of Famers like that. That's uh, it's an amazing thing. So. And uh, 
it, it's certainly not the same industry as it was when when I was growing up. But but you know we could we could do this for hours. I'm sure. I mean, just such a intriguing you know world to me, and and to see you know what it is now in so many ways, uh, investing wise, um, just adds a whole new layer to it. You know, it's just it's it's fascinating. So. Tyler, I appreciate the time. It's great to see you and great to see you doing as well as you are. Um, you know, say hi to everybody next time you talk to them and uh, we'll uh, hopefully we'll stay in touch a little bit here and uh, see how things go down the road. Thanks, Olsh. I really appreciate you having me on and, and, and really support what you're doing here and going to continue to keep an eye on, um, on, your, on your progress here because I'm really happy to see it and it's been a pleasure. Excellent. And hopefully we'll talk about it another month from now and you'll do a remote from the World Series Parade, right? Go Cards. Let's hope so. That's right. <laughs>